0: Turn with me, please, in the scriptures to the gospel account of John, John chapter 10. We begin a few weeks ago on a new series on Friday evenings about being led. You know, Revelation's progressive, the Lord will show you something and He'll show you how to take a step, and you follow it, and you'll learn more about it. And then you keep going, you'll learn even more. And things get clearer and clearer. In uh, John, the 10th chapter, and the second verse, John 10, too, Jesus said, He that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Keep reading for the next couple of verses here. To him the porter opens And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Is he talking about you? Are you his sheep? Is he your shepherd? Does he lead you? That was a little weak right there. If he's your shepherd and you're his sheep, why wouldn't the rest of the verse be true for you as well? Say it out loud. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. I'm, his sheep. I'm his sheep. I know his voice. I know his voice. He leads me. He leads me. Ooh, glory to God. Yes. When he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Are you his sheep? Yes. Do you know his voice? Yes. So a lot of Christians wouldn't agree with that. They think, well, I, I don't know. A lot, a lot of times I just can't seem to hear from him. You won't find any verses in here that say you can't seem to hear from him. Right. <laughs> and you remember the Lord said in Malachi, he said, your words have been stout against me. You don't want to disagree with what the Lord said. You want to agree with what he said. And the reason why a lot of times people disagree, they're going by what it looks like to them, what it feels like to them, what it seems like to them, their previous perceptions of past experiences. Say that quickly three times. <laughs> and they, that is more true in their mind than what the Master said in the Bible. Come on, let's decide to believe what he said no matter what we see. Or feel how many will agree if he said it no matter what it looks like to you or me it's true no matter what it seems like it has been or feels like it's true so don't ever say again I can't seem to hear his voice I I, I just I don't hear from God I'm not all that spiritual I I, you know I can't say God leads me never say such contradicting Bible things agree with him and you'll, you'll find an immediate flow come into your life of light and revelation and leading. Say it out loud. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. I'm, his sheep. I'm his sheep. He leads me. He leads me. I, know his I know his voice. And I follow him. I follow him. Glory to God. Glory. Man, that'll help you there. Just saying that. Verse 5 says, and a stranger will they not Follow. That means you don't follow the wrong one or the wrong thing. Say it out loud. I follow, I follow him. I don't follow the wrong thing. I don't follow strangers. I follow Jesus. They'll flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. Skip down to verse 14. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Come on, you say it again. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He, knows me, he knows me. And I know him. And I know him. It, is it is written. John 10:14. <laughs> He's my shepherd. Yes. He knows me. Yes. And I know him. It's written. It's a fact. Verse 16 says, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice that's talking specifically about us Amen. and there shall be one fold and one shepherd Amen. there's not two or three folds there's only one verse 27 look at this in case you didn't get it in these previous <laughs> six verses whatever what he said it again john 10:27 my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. Come on, say it out loud. I am his sheep. I, his sheep. I, hear, his voice. I hear his voice. He knows me. He knows me. And, I him. and I follow him. I hear his voice. I know his voice. He leads me. I follow him. Say that no matter what it looks like. No matter what kind of mistakes you've made. All the more reason to say it again real strong. You never missed it following him. You and I never missed it following him. We only missed it not following him. And we're learning. Hallelujah. And growing. How to follow him more and more. Better and better. John 14.26 26. John 14:26 says, The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why? Back, refer to the previous verse. He's going to teach us everything we need to know. He's going to bring everything to our remembrance we need to remember. He's going to teach us, guide us, lead us, show us, help us. Go over to John 16. John 16 and 13. Jesus said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, what's he going to do? He will guide you into all truth. Somebody say, I have a guide. guide. If you know what's true about every situation, then by contrast, you know what's not true. And you know what's wrong. And it makes it easy to go the right way and pick the right thing. Said out loud. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit shows me what's true shows me what's and, what's right and what's right in every situation. In every situation. Is that good? Yeah. For he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that he will speak. And he will show you things to come. Oh, somebody say glory to God. He'll give you glimpses of what's coming, of the plan of God. Thank you, Lord. Does He do that for you? Yes, He does. Huh? Are you His sheep? Now, don't don't leave me now. Are you His sheep? You hear His voice. He leads you. You follow Him. He guides you into truth. He teaches all things. And does He show you things to come? Does He show you? Come on, somebody say, "He He shows me things to come. It's not a matter of getting him to do it. It's a matter of paying attention. That's right. Romans 8 and verse 14. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Are you a son of God? Yes. Are you led by the Spirit of God? Yes. Verse 15, for you've not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself, or as most modern translations say, himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If you ask somebody, are you born again? Are you saved? And they'd go, oh, yes. You say, how do you know? How do you know you're saved? Depending on what language they might use. I just know. I just know. And that is accurate. That is correct according to scripture. How do you know? I just know it in my heart. Exactly right. How do you know it though? Why would you know it? Because the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit that you are a born again child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, here's the great news. If he can let you know you're a child of God, he could let you know something else. Couldn't he? By the same means. Hallelujah. Are you ready for some more? (laughs) Go with me to, uh, you're there in Romans 8. Back up to the first part of the chapter here. And verse uh, 5, we saw this last week, and I want us to pick up here and go forward. The Spirit of God said here, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. This is Romans 8, 5. Where, where is it that it says we're, we're led by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God bears witness just a few verses later? Same chapter. So this is in the same context. Does the mind play a part in being led? It does. You're not led by your mind. We're to be led by the Holy Spirit through our spirit, but the way we become aware of it in this world is through our mind. But it comes to our mind not from out here, But from in here, we are internally led, not externally led. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, in other words, they mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded, the word carnal is the word for flesh, talking about the external, the natural, the material. To be only mindful of that is death. Why? Because everything in this natural world is affected by death. Every everything. Everything on this planet is either dead or dying. Everything. Including the planet itself. People talk about saving the planet? Ultimately, we will not be able to. The earth is made of the same thing we're made of. The Lord formed man from the dust of the earth. Is that right? And when man, the earth was cursed for man's sake. And so, everything in it, when something, a flower or a bird or a fish, or a human being is born. From the moment they come into this earth. They're headed toward death. Amen. Is that right? Yes. And everything in here is it reaches its blossom. And is beautiful for that long. Hmm? Right. Everything. Is it the truth? Yes. Everything. So if you are. If your whole world is out here then your whole world is in death. You are immersed in death. If you're led by what's out here, you're led by death. And it's going to take you to more death. But inside of a born-again believer, (laughs) the outward man is decaying because of death you reach your peak and you just keep getting older and and the lord can renew your youth but he's not you're not going to be sustained down here forever right <laughs> did somebody not know that <laughs> Listen, what if i die honey if the lord tarries is coming that much longer we all going to die right and you goldfish and you parakeet and your favorite rose bush come on here listen It's all dying. But that should not scare the child of God. Why? Because to die physically is to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. That's not a fantasy. That's not imaginary. Hallelujah. One of these days, you're going to breathe your last if it's before the trumpet sounds, and you're going to slip out of your body, and you're going to say, Goodbye, world. Goodbye. I am out of here. And I am happy about it. We do not know how dark and oppressive this place is. (laughs) Because we we get a glimpse, we get a realization once in a while it's pretty bad down here. But this is all we know. If you were born in a dumpster, I'm talking about inside the dumpster (laughs) with the lid closed and that's the only place you had ever been, you'd just think that's normal life. Did I lose somebody? (laughs) Somebody said, well, this world is beautiful. It does have residual beauty from its original creation, but we really have no idea what it looked like before sin. And the Bible said the earth itself is groaning and travailing earthquakes, tsunamis. Come on, are you listening? The, and the earth is growing old. Just like our bodies are. In fact, the Bible said the very heavens above us. The Bible talks about, calls the, the sky above us and the atmosphere, the first heaven. Then there's heaven out beyond that. The Bible talks about third heaven. But even our atmosphere is going to grow old and the Lord's going to fold it up. It's going to roll away and hallelujah. He's going to have to create new heavens and new earth wherein is no curse and no death. Have you read the back of the book? There'll be no more dying. We've never been in a place like that where the flowers don't die, the trees don't die. We're going to find out real soon I mean if we live another 50 years 75 years it's going to come and go so quick next thing you know we're going to be out of here this is the briefest thing we will ever do what's happening right now but we're here for a reason we're not just here to bide time we're here on mission we are to endure hardness as good soldiers of the Lord we need to get in here do our job and get out of here In one sense of the word, we're on enemy territory. It's not the devil's, but he is the acting God of this world. God's going to fix all that. I said he's going to fix all that. You believe it? How did we get into all that? (laughs) Is it true? Well, we got into it because to be carnally minded... Is death. If all you are aware of is out here, it's no wonder people get so dissatisfied and disgruntled with life. If all, I mean, you can buy the best car there is, you can buy a million dollar car. You know what happens the moment you drive it off the showroom floor? <laughs> Not just depreciating, it starts rotting and rusting. Huh? Is that right? You can get the best house on the planet. What's going to happen to it? It's going to get old. Everything you touch is going to get old. It's going to wear out. You can enjoy it for a few moments, but it can't last. (laughs) That's depressing, Brother Keith. (laughs) Well, if that's all you knew, it is depressing. But there's something, put the scripture up. Verse 5, there's something else you can do. Well, verse 6 is where I want you to be. Romans 8.6 You don't have to just be limited to your mind contacting this outward world where, all, where death is everywhere. You can be spiritually minded and that's not death. That will connect you with life and peace. And the outward man is decaying but inside, the man on the inside is not getting older, is not deteriorating. You can develop spiritually and mature, but you're not aging at all. Since you were born again, you have not aged one minute. Is the Bible say the inward man is what? Renewed, it's continually renewed. It's not aging like the outer man. Man, this will help you. I said, this will help you. Your mind is not physical. Your brain is physical. But your brain is not your mind. If your body was buried in the ground, you'd still have your mind. Your mind does not have to go because you get older. Your, your mind is part of your eternal being. Thank you. Somebody needed that. Your mind is getting better. Getting renewed by the, oh, come on, getting renewed by the Word of God. Your mind is getting stronger. You have the mind of Christ. How's the mind of Christ going to get old and decrepit? Somebody say, I have the mind of Christ. But see, it depends with your mind. You can look out or you can look in. You can keep your mind on everything out here. Or you can turn your mind and focus it inward on spirit and the one who is in your spirit. Which is now now we're getting into being led by the spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Now we got into this last week. The Lord's going to lead us by his spirit. His Spirit is the Spirit of life, and His Spirit is the Spirit of peace. Numerous times in the Scriptures, God is called the God of peace. Jesus is called the Prince of peace. The Gospel is called the Gospel of peace. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of peace. Peace, peace. We talked about last week, He leads us through life. Not death, life. He quickens us. And we should, if we're looking for the leading of the Lord, don't look in death and dullness. Look for life. Look for the quickening. And as you're looking to see what to do, and if you're searching for this and looking for that, having to make a decision again and again, it'll be dull, dull, death, death, nothing, nothing, dull, dull. What are you looking for? Well, this would be good. This could be great. This could work. Don't be led by your head. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Use your understanding, but don't make a decision based on your head. When it comes time to do it, make the decision. What do you do? You're going to go with this. And what are you looking for? You're looking for life and peace. You're looking for the quickening. If we're looking for God, we're looking for life. If we're looking for the Lord, we're looking for peace. Life and peace. Somebody say life and peace. Life and peace. In uh, Isaiah 26.3, you don't have to turn there. They'll put it up on the screen for us. Isaiah 26.3, he said, Thou will keep him in what? Which means complete peace. Who's what? Mind is stayed on you. Doesn't that agree with Romans? To be spiritually minded is life and peace because he trusts in you. God communicates with us by peace, through peace. If it's real peace, it can't be the devil. If it's the peace of God, it's not just something you drummed up out of your head. You can't produce that out of your flesh or out of your head. And if it's the peace of God, that can be trusted. That can be followed. Somebody say, I follow the Lord. I follow the the Spirit. I follow follow life. I follow follow peace. I peace. I follow peace. In Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, the 11th verse, Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven. the Lord said, I know the thoughts, the what? Thoughts, thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. What kind of thoughts? Peace. What kind of thoughts? Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. If we want to know what to do in a situation, we want the thoughts of God on this. Amen. Correct? Yes. We want the mind of the Lord. Have you ever heard that before? Yes. Let's seek the mind of the Lord. Well, what do you mean the mind? His thoughts about this. When you find his thoughts, what kind of thoughts are they? Well, look at the scripture. His thought for you is going to be a thought of peace. When you get on his thought, it's going to be peace. The peace that passes understanding. Amen. Keeping you, We're not led by our understanding. We're led by the Lord, who is the Prince of Peace. We're not led by our reasoning. We're led by the Holy Spirit who is the Spirit of Peace. Amen. Somebody say, his thoughts, his thoughts. to me are thoughts of, Our thoughts of peace. His Spirit who leads me, the leads me. is the spirit, the spirit of peace. If you should follow peace, by contrast, what should you not follow? What's the opposite of peace? Confusion, Confusion is exactly right. And anxiety, fretting, fear, fear, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, I think. But are you planning on coming back? The Lord wants to lead us. He has a plan for us from before we were born. He has the perfect plan for our lives. Thing is, because he gave us such, uh, you know, he gave us an independent will, we don't have to follow it. We can come up with our own plan and ignore his and never even try to find it out. Or we can let somebody else tell us what to do. It's dumb. Somebody say, dumb. It's dumb. But you can do it. Millions do it. But his plan will lead us into good things. If we follow him, Phyllis and I followed him and he led us to Branson. He led us to you. I said he'll lead you to good things. He led us to you. Are you good people? The best? He led us to Sarasota. Sarasota, are you good people? (laughs) By faith, I hear you. (laughs) He has led us into good places. Where we've been blessed and are able to be a blessing. Where we've been able to accomplish things that were a blessing and get resources to be able to be a blessing. The devil wants to lead you too. You know where he wants to lead you? Bad places. Is that right? He wants to lead you away from God. He wants to mislead you. He wants to lead you into sin. He wants to lead you into loss and destruction. He wants to lead you into death if you'll follow him. Well, how does the Lord lead? Life and peace. How does the devil lead? It's going to be the opposite of that. How does he lead? Well, let's just talk about this one area here. The enemy... If God's going to lead you through peace, the enemy will endeavor to lead you through impatience and pressure and worry and fear. Can you see this? He does not want you to have faith and patience and wait until you get the leading and the peace. He wants to pressure you and get you to move too quick. And in the wrong way. Come on, can you see this? And the pressure is real. And the confusion and the distraction is real. And I'm believing the Lord for revelation and utterance as this series goes on to point out his devices. Come on, are you listening? So that we don't fall for him anymore. And quit yielding to these things. And to know how the Holy Spirit leads and yield only to him. Only to him. Are you believing with me for this? Please do. Believe with me. Don't follow confusion. Follow peace. Look in, let's go to James for now. James. James 3. Before we read this, put up on the screen 1 Corinthians 14.33. You're going to James 3. One sentence, 1 Corinthians 14, 33, says, God is not what? He's not the author of confusion, but of peace. Confusion doesn't come from God. God is not in confusion. For one thing, where would he get it? Can God reach in and take some of his own confusion and give it to you? (laughs) If you ever got confused, you didn't get it from God. (laughs) God is the source of peace. And when you get something from him, it's going to be life and peace every time. When it's vexation and frustration and confusion and pressure, it's not God. Amen. Don't let it move you. you. Don't let it influence you. Now that's easier said than done, right. isn't it? Yeah. Have you ever felt pressure? Yes. Some kind of de- Time frame or, or demand or we gotta have it by this and we and this has gotta happen and have you ever felt pressure? We you need to do something, gotta do something, gotta do something. Yeah, let me tell you what you don't do. You don't jump in response to pressure. You don't jump in frustration just wanting to get it done and be done with it. That's how you miss God. Millions have had their lives turned upside down by a syndrome that is global. It's the dreaded MTF syndrome. You ever heard of it? MTF syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad one. Again and again. Somebody jumped and they did this and dear me it messed up their life. You can just go MTF. I say MTF, moving too fast. <laughs> now you laughing? Have you ever made a mistake, huh? Because you were moving too fast. You just, why? Well, let's let's back up. Why did you move too fast? Why? Why didn't you wait until you heard from the Lord? A lot of people didn't realize they could hear from the Lord. A lot of folks hadn't been taught enough to know, don't just look out here and let this stuff move you. Turn your mind around and focus inside. And make yourself wait Till you get it from him. And when you get it from him. How would you know you're getting it from him? It's going to be quickening. It's going to be life. And it's going to be peace. But it takes faith. And it takes patience. To get it. This property that we're in. Right now. It's a blessed property. Isn't it? Right on the strip. With a big sign. Yes, amen. Is that right? right? And right after we got it, the Lord blessed us to add 50 acres behind here to the, what is it, the 12 or something that's already 19 that it's already sitting on. What is that, almost a 69 acres? Is that what that is? Right here in the middle of town. But for years, before we got this, we felt pressure. The, the The children's classes are too small. Need to do something. Need to do something. This we got no room to expand. We got we got no room for the parking. We got to, and we talked to the people over at the other place where we were about the land, and they like, oh yeah, we sell it to you, they're like we're the only game in town, and this is the price. And was like, oh, say what? If that's what we need to do, we can believe God, but it just didn't seem right. It didn't seem right. And and, and the only thing we had was you need to do something, need to do something, need to do something. Is that a leading? Come on, help me out. Is that a leading? Need to do something. Well, as months go by and the needs are still the same and greater, in the flesh you get to thinking, well, how about that? How about that? And you can, you can use your mind and think, well that's, that wouldn't be too much money and, and how about this and that could work and uh, do you remember when Abraham and Sarah said it could be God give us a child through uh, Hagar. could be <laughs> They got him one? Is that right? They got him in Ishmael. You want an Isaac, the promise from God? Yes. Or you want an Ishmael, who's a wild man and his hand is against everybody? How many want an Ishmael? I want to say, how many? Uh, put that hand up. How many want an Ishmael? <laughs> I got you. How many want an Isaac? You want an Isaac, the blessing of God? How do you avoid getting an Ishmael and get you an Isaac? How how do you do it? How do you do it? You must not make decisions based on it could be. Maybe this will work. That's like flipping a coin. And millions of people on the earth are living their life that way. Well, we'll try this. The Lord said, I'm not going to leave you helpless. He didn't leave us just to bumble along best we can do to figure out in our little inexperienced mind. He gave us. I said, he gave us the Holy Spirit of God, who is the wisdom of God. He really does know everything about everything, including the future. Yes why wouldn't we look to Him and ask Him? And why wouldn't we discipline ourselves to wait on Him until we get from Him what we need? In our few years of walking with the Lord, Phyllis and I, we've learned, you know, you'd you'd like to have the answer right now. You'd like to do something and sometimes feel like you should have done something a month ago. But I, I learned from... The Lord, I learned from my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin. He said one time, somebody said of him, they said, don't try to push him. He'll be just like an old mule. He'll just sit down in the middle of the road and won't move. <laughs> Why? Not until I've heard from the Lord. Amen. Is anybody with me in here? You, you, you must make up your mind. I'm not moving until I've heard from him. Now, you know, in order to do that, you're going to have to have faith that he will give it to you. He's real and he will give it. How many believe he's faithful? He, he knows you what you need. You've got to have faith and not quit believing. What else do you have to have? <laughs> Patience. Patience that keeps on believing day after day, week after week. You know, I asked the Lord, we've been believing for, what, six years now or so? Sale of the Yellow Ribbon Theater? Is that right? About six? Something like that. And uh, I asked the Lord a couple of times about that. Lord, you know, it, it seemed like it'd be good for us just go ahead and for that to be done. He said this to me about a year ago. He said if it didn't mean anything to you, it wouldn't try your patience. That's an interesting phrase. Is it true or not? If you didn't care, it wouldn't be trying your patience. So said, well, what does that matter? Oh, it matters. You don't have any more faith than you do patience. When your patience runs out, that was also the point where you stopped expecting. Which was also the point where you quit believing. When you get all impatient. What's going on with you? You're getting frustrated. You're getting anxious. You might get angry. Why? What you upset about? What's happening is your faith is failing. Your belief is not where it used to be. If it was, you'd be resting You'd be confident it's all going to be fine. The Lord's took care of me these last 10,000 times. Is that right? He's going to take care. There was one thing we were believing to sell before we came to Ramah. And it was the same kind of situation. It, It had gone on for some time and not sold. And it looked like we needed to sell it. It would have been good to sell it and put the funds in this project, because we had that coming up and we're believing, you know, just because it looks like it makes sense to you, does not mean that's how the Lord wants to do it. And it didn't sell, and it didn't sell, and it didn't sell, and it didn't sell. And then this came up, uh, the Branson situation and that building over there, the Yellow Ribbon Theater, was available for sale. And guess what? That thing, <laughs> it sold, exactly right. That thing sold, and we had the money to use on that before there was a congregation. Helped us get in and get started. Now, uh, if it had sold two years before, the money would have been gone. (laughs) Come on, can you see that? What's What's the bottom line? Trust God. Just relax and trust God. Is that right? And don't let yourself get worked up and get worried and get aggravated and get impatient. Stay in faith. Sold that property, we hadn't moved at all. I'm saying the same thing. I'm believing the same thing. Lord, we thank you. We call that property sold to the right people for the right price. No hindrances, no delays. Somebody said, well, that's too late for that. No, are you kidding? You know how long six years is to God? A few minutes. Maybe. It's going to work out perfectly for us. Amen. It's gonna work out just right. I'm saying that just not not just for the church family. I'm saying that for your sake personally, whatever you're believing for. And dealer, come on, you need to say it out loud. It's gonna work out, it's going to work out for, my good for my good and God's glory. God's glory. It's gonna work, work out perfectly. perfectly. It's gonna work out. Just right. Just right. I trust God. I trust God. I trust God. Amen. But you see what happened with this property here. All the good things that have happened. We've been able to have meetings and host meetings and influence situations. And we've got all this land now. And room to expand. And we've got the Word Production Center. What if we had moved too fast on something else? Can you see how that could have been a problem? You need to make yourself relax and rest. And even though you feel some pressure, even though pressure comes, you don't have to take it. Even though fears and cares come, you don't have to let them in. You can cast them down. You can, even though it comes against you from the outside, you do not have to let it inside. If you're worried, if you're scared, it's because you let it in you. And it's a mistake. But thank God you can resist it. I said you can resist it and you can quit thinking on that all the time and you can turn the focus of your mind on Him and what He said and put your mind on Him and keep your mind on Him and if you do, it'll be obvious because He will begin keeping you in perfect peace while your mind is stayed on Him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Woo! The Lord's helping us. He is helping us. He's helping. God's not in confusion. If you're in a situation, you need to make a decision. And and there's confusion. And there's anxiety and pressure. You need to get away from that. You need to get out of that. You've got to get yourself quiet so you can hear from God. Do not allow yourself to be coerced and pressured because of deadlines and this and that and the other. That's how you miss God. Is by just jumping and just doing something. Well, let's just do this. Maybe this. It could be. That's how you get an Ishmael. <laughs> James 3, are you there? James 3, 13. Who's a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. If you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Now when we're seeking God about direction for the future, we're actually seeking the wisdom of God. That's what it is. Wisdom has to do with the plan and purposes of God and the future. And if you're seeking God for direction, you want his wisdom. You want the mind of God. You want his thoughts about it, his plan. You want his wisdom. Did you know the devil has wisdom too? Did you read this? Did you know the devil has wisdom? but it's not at all like the wisdom of God it's a distorted earthly devilish wisdom how could you tell the difference between the wisdom of God and the devil's wisdom you know the devil's trying to give you some wisdom that sounds strange doesn't it he's an imitator he's a copier he's a thief isn't he But even though he might make a copy of something, it can't be the real thing, and it's got to be a a distorted, perverted, twisted version of it. How can you tell the real from the, the counterfeit, the phony? Keep reading. Verse 16. Where envying and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. You don't have to even know the details. If it's envy and strife and it's a mess and everybody's upset, you know God's not in it. God didn't do this. He didn't make all this. All this envy and confusion and strife. Verse 17, the wisdom that is from above, the direction, is that right? The Holy Spirit guidance, the mind of God, the plan of God, the wisdom, it's what? It's first pure and then it's peaceable. Full of peace. It's gentle. It's easy to be entreated. It's easy to talk to. It's easy to converse about and with. It's full of mercy. It's full of good fruits. It's without partiality. It's without hypocrisy. We're talking about the leading of God. We're talking about the wisdom of God. We're talking about the guidance of the spirit of wisdom. The Holy Spirit. Verse 18. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. There's a whole lot of peace all through this passage. That's one of the biggest ways you can tell the real from the false. If something's wrong, I don't care how flashy it looks. I don't care how smooth it sounds. The more somebody talks about it, it just starts grating you. It just starts feeling uncomfortable. It may sound great to your head, but in your heart, something bothers you about it. It's like you just want to get away and, and not listen to it anymore. And, and how many understand? You ought to follow your heart. Well, this is the greatest deal you ever saw. It's the greatest thing you ever seen. But you, there's a limited time. you got to get in on this. Yeah, there's already been two other people Look at this car today. And we need to get you in here real quick. Come on in my office and sit down quick. When you feel pressure, there's anxiety. There's confusion. It's time to walk. I don't care how much your flesh wants it, get your little self up out of the chair and get out of there. Get out of there. What will it hurt? Spend the night getting quiet. Waiting on the Lord. Come on, are you listening? What will it hurt? If it's God, the more you pray about it, for lack of a better word, the better you feel. I'm not talking about a physical feeling. I'm talking about the peace. Is that right? And the life. The more you look at it, better you talk. more you talk about it. Better. Before we do a project, before we launch into something, Uh, I pray about it. I look and we talk about it. You'd probably think too much. I mean months will go by. I'll bring it up again. What do you think about this? I'm not not looking for somebody to tell me what to do. I'm thinking. I'm looking. Come on, are are you with me? Who do we want to lead us? Oh, the one who's on the inside. He doesn't change. He's always life. He's always peace. Is that right? If it's really him, it'll still be him tomorrow and the next day. More you pray about it, more you look at it, more you talk about it, stronger you feel about it. Is that right? But if something's irritating you, something's rubbing you the wrong way, there's anxiety, there's envy and strife, and and there's confusion and there's division and and people's getting upset and and there's no favor and this is not going right. Get yourself out of there. I look for favor. If you're on the right track, the Lord's already gone there before you. If you're trying to make it happen and it just seems like everybody you talk to it just don't even want to see you and nothing is going, It just there's no traction, there's no flow, stop, quit pushing, quit banging your head against the wall, back up, back up. Check this again. And what a lot of times you'll find out is you got part of it right, and then you filled in some blanks. <laughs> he told you this, and you assumed it meant this, and to do this. He didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> this is one of the things I know I'm not, I'm not talking against anybody at all. We got some of the best people uh, and, and staff and, and help that you could ever find on the planet. But I know I've done this with the Lord. One of the biggest situations I've had with people helping me is them jumping ahead. I'll tell them, let's think about this. I'm looking at this. Well, they want to go do it. I didn't say do it. I said, I'm thinking about it. (laughs) MTF. (laughs) And uh, I'm thinking about this. So they call somebody. I didn't say call somebody. I said, think about it. Pray about it. And, and, and the reason I know, I'm sure I've done the same thing with the Lord. He says this. And you've got to watch about going, well, that must mean this. I know in helping Brother Hagen, there were times he'd sit down and talk to us. We're gonna. Uh, I believe the Lord's dealing with me about this. And I believe we're going to make some changes. And I I believe we're going to do this. Be praying about it. Be thinking about it. So we thought, man, that's that's wonderful. Glory to God. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Two years pass. Not hear another word about it. (laughs) You think, what? What happened? And then he comes and says, you know that? Such and such. We'd almost forgot about it. Yeah, you're right. We're going to start that next week. (laughs) That's how you don't get in trouble. There are many times people got a piece of something from the Lord. But then they launched out and tried to do it according to their mind. And they just assumed some things and and filled in some things. The Lord didn't tell them to say that. He didn't tell them to do that. He didn't tell them to start today. And they have so much trouble. And it just doesn't work. And they think, well, I, I just must have missed God. No, you got first part right. But then you added all this other stuff. What's the solution? We must discipline ourselves to wait on him. And that's tough on the flesh. I said that's tough on the flesh. Somebody say wait on him. Are there any scriptures in the Bible about waiting on him? Wait on him. Now, that doesn't mean just wait passively to see if anything happens. No, you're waiting in expectation to hear from Him. Is that right? You're waiting, willing to do whatever He tells you. You're waiting, ready to act when He tells you to act. But making up your mind, I'm not going to get ahead of Him. I'm not going to assume things. I'm not going to add to what he told me. I'm going to wait till I get this part. Just because you know what does not mean you know when or where or how. People say, i got a call on my life. Maybe you do. Well, I'm going to do this when to hold on. Just because you're right about to call, did he tell you to do that? You mean, Brother Keith, we've got to be led on every little thing? Yes, right. yes. <laughs> only if you want to get it right. Yes. <laughs> kind of like Dennis told me one time about flossing. Somebody had, He said somebody asked him, do I have to floss every tooth? He said, only the ones you want to keep. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to get it right, you know, every area? Well, then you got to be led. In everything. Is it scripture or not? Proverbs three. In all your ways. Acknowledge him. Put it put it up on the screen. Proverbs three, five, we'll start with. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Verse six. Verse six? In what? In what? In the spiritual stuff. In the big stuff. If it it affects thousands of dollars. Uh. N-A-L-L. Why? You need to be learning even on the little things. So you'll get it right on the big things when they come up. Is that right? You you need to be checking your heart about everything. 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 Somebody say everything. 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 In all your ways. Do what? Acknowledge him, look to him, check with him, ask him. How many of that's acting like he really is your Lord? Yes. Who's the boss? I've had people try to pressure me and get frustrated with me. Why do this or do that? I've had people, friends of mine in ministry, do this conference with me, come do this meeting at my church, and and. Um, I, I said, well, no, I won't do it right now. Well, why? I thought we were friends. People get upset. They get indignant. People do this in the church. This is a big need in the community. This is a big need. And you guys got a large church, and you, you, need, you need to be in this. Says who? Well, it's a, it's, it's a legitimate need. I'm, I don't doubt that it is. Well, God dealt with me to do something about it. Well, then go on and do it. Right? Well, I don't have. Well, believe God and get it. Well, I just, I, I, I just believe God dealt with me to tell you. Well, you know, I checked in with him this morning. He didn't say anything about it. No. I've had to tell folks more than once, I don't do what I want to do. I check in with him. Why would I do what you want me to do? How hmm? many stand? if I let somebody mislead me in handling the things of the Lord, and I get before the Lord later, past this life... And and, and I mishandled it and I was unfaithful. How's it going to work for me to say, well, you know, they told me to do it. Is he going to say, okay, that's fine. Forget about it. And it's not going to be okay for you to say somebody else misled you. You got the Holy Spirit. You can pray. You can be, you're his sheep. You know his voice. Sometimes people want to do that because they're just too lazy to pray and seek God. They're too impatient to wait till they get it. They want to let somebody else make the decision, so if it's wrong, they can blame them too. Irresponsible? Impatient? Lazy? Not sounding good. Let's be spiritual. Let's do our own praying. Let's put our flesh under. Let's get ourselves by the ear and say, sit down here, boy. You're not doing a thing till you hear from the Lord. Sit down here, girl. Sit down here. No, you're not. No, you're not. I don't care how good of a price it is. I don't care how bad they need it. We're not led by price. We're not led by need. We're not led by pressure. We're not led by opportunity. We're not led by friends putting pressure on. Come on, you listen. We're not led by family. We're not led by money. We're not led by price. Come on, say, I am led led only only by by the Spirit of God inside. Now, it'll take discipline to do that. You'll be tempted to do something else. But if you want to get it right and not miss it, not have these kind of problems, we can wait on Him. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Go with me to the Gospels. to John 8. This is the account to where Jesus was teaching and ministering, John 8 and 2. Early in the morning, he came to the temple, and the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Jesus did a lot of teaching and preaching. Faith comes by hearing. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst... They said to him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. I always wonder, well, where's the man? Uh-huh. Huh? Yep. How many can't commit adultery by yourself? That's right. It's probably one of their buddies. This is a setup. They're trying to set Jesus up. They're trying to get him in trouble with the authorities. They said, now Moses in the law commands us that such should be stoned. How many know the devil can quote scriptures? Amen. But what do you say? They're trying to put him in opposition to the Bible in front of the people. What do you say? Keep reading. This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. The devil's the accuser of the brethren. But Jesus stooped down. With his finger, he wrote on the ground, as though... He heard them not. What did he not do? He didn't answer them. Is that right? He didn't, he didn't answer them. Are there times you don't need to give an answer? You don't need to give a decision. And see what the enemy will try to do, he'll try to back you into a corner and pressure you to choose between two wrong choices. Both of them you're aware of is wrong. That's why you're having so much struggle about you think, well, that don't seem right. That don't seem right to you. Well, you got to choose. You got to choose. You got to choose. No, you don't. There's somebody in you smarter than you. You're not limited to what you know and understand. But in order to get what he would tell you, you can't move too fast. You got to wait on him. You got to believe it. And you've got to have some patience. Patience, another word for patience is stability. Another word for, I'm talking about from the Greek definitions. Another definition for confusion is instability. Peace is stability, confusion is instability. Patience is persistent. He said, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. And I guess didn't say anything to them. And verse 7, what they do? They continued asking him. So this whole time he's not answering them. They're continuing to badger him. We don't have all the words they said. But to continue badgering him. What about it, preacher? What about it? You We obey the Bible or not? The law said stoner. What do you say? Now think about this. What were they counting on to get him in trouble? His compassion. People that hated him were so sure of his compassion they figured they could get him in trouble over it. Isn't that something? How are they so sure? He's not just going to stand up and say, yeah, stoner, that's it. His compassion was known Hallelujah. Is he still that same compassionate loving Jesus today? Oh, he's so kind. No matter what you've done, he loves you. He didn't love everything you've done, but he loves you. Hallelujah. I Don't care how ugly you've been. Don't care how long you've been that way. He still loves you. He loves you. And always will. They kept on asking him. They kept on pressuring him. He lifted up himself and said to them, He that's without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. Verse 8, And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. How many know that is the wisdom of God? Is there a better way to answer that question and respond to that situation that's perfect. Somebody say, yeah, but Brother Keith, he's God. He's not operating as God. He's operating as a man. He's functioning as a man. Just like you or I have to function. But he's depending on the Holy Spirit. What do you do when the pressure's on? You tune it out. Somebody say as though he heard them not. Like he didn't even hear them. Is that right? And they kept on saying it and badgering him. What did he do? He didn't, he didn't respond to that. He didn't let that move him. What's he doing when he stooped down there writing? He said, I only say what I hear my father say. What's he doing? He's looking for what the father says about it. And he's not going to move till he gets it. He stooped down. There's conjecture about what he wrote on the ground. We won't get into that. Verse nine. They which heard it being convicted by their own conscience. Went out one by one, beginning at the eldest to the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman was standing in the midst. They're all gone. And Jesus lifted himself up. He was still down there. The whole time they're leaving. He didn't even he didn't stand back up. Look at them. Mess with them. He's still down there with his fingers. And uh, he got up. They're all gone. He said, woman, where's your accusers? Has no man condemned you? She said, no man, Lord. Jesus said to her, oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Neither do I condemn He didn't say what she did was all right. Go and sin no more means she had sinned. Just quit doing it. But hear the grace of God. Neither do I. If anybody there would have been in the place to condemn her because of their perfect life, it's him. And what does he say? If anybody had been qualified to throw a stone at her, it would have been him. But what does he say? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. This situation—is that how they had this planned out? No. Did they expect to get there and bombard him and in a few minutes hang their head? Turn around and leave? You cannot do that with the smarts of men. You cannot do that with your limited knowledge. It takes not only the revelation and wisdom of God but if it's what God told you to say then when you say it he works on the other end of it. Come on, can you see this? And he moved on them and brought to their mind and understanding how hypocritical they were being. It hit them like a wall and a woman was about to die and the whole thing was over just as quickly as it had begun. That's being led by the Holy Spirit. That's what the wisdom of God can do in the most challenging situation. But what did he have to do? What did he have to do? Not respond to the pressure and wait until he's heard. How did he know that was it? What's Jesus, brother? He's operating just like you, and I'm telling you, he's operating just like Just like another man would. How does the Spirit of God lead? Life and peace. When that came up to him. Stand up and say this. When that came up to him. It quickened him. Is that right? And it gave him peace. This is it. This is it. Is that right? And he just said what he got. And it defused the whole situation. Is it true that the same spirit that was on him and in him, the same Holy Spirit is in you? Is it true? Is it true? Then why can't we be led like he was? Not only can we, we are. I just heard you a few minutes ago. I heard you. You said, I'm his sheep. I know his voice. He guides me. And I follow. I follow. I'm spirit led. Come on, somebody say, I'm spirit led in every situation. What do you do? What do you do? They're saying this is awful. This has happened. They got to do this. You got to have a million dollars. Got to have a surgery. They said they're dead or they're dying. What are you going to do? 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 Tell me what you're not going to do. Come on, help me out. What are you not going to do? I am not going to make some kind of rash decision because somebody's demanding or there's pressure or there's some kind of deadline. I must hear from him. I must hear from him. I'm going to turn off the TV. I'm going to turn off the radio. I'm going to turn off my phone. I don't care how many people you text, you can't get this what we're talking about here. Or how many emails, you're not going to get that from your email and your text. And get quiet and get your mind out of this and focus it in here. And wait in faith and in expectation. And just praise the Lord for showing you. And just thank him for showing you. Pray in tongues. Come on, are you listening to me? And just wait on him and praise him and thank him for showing you. And thank Him for showing you. And if something tries to jar you and shake you, you say, "Shut up! No, 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 get away! No, 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 no!" And like to sit about Brother Hagen, just sit down in the in the rope. Move, yeah. I ain't going nowhere. Have you anybody ever seen an old mule like that? They sit down like that. You can pull on that rope until you break the rope. Ain't moving. Why? Until I've heard from the Lord. Why? Because it's dangerous to move when you haven't heard from him. Colossians 3, in closing. (laughs) Now, I didn't say take that as a universal rule for life, to just be like a mule. It's a very limited application It's concerning the enemy trying to pressure you. Colossians 3. I believe it's 15. Colossians 3.15. He said. Let the peace of God. Do what? Rule in your hearts. To the which also you're called in one body. And be what? That's what we were just talking about wasn't it? Be thankful. What do you do while you're waiting on the lord seeking him about direction go ahead and thank him thank him for how he's led you the past 10,000 times right and thank him for everything and thank him by faith that you know he cares about you he loves you he's faithful never leave you never forsake you just thank him thank thank you that's what we did for those years that we didn't know the next place to go we just the Lord every time he'd come up that's what you do thank you Lord for showing us which one Thank you Lord for showing us how. Where, when, who. Thank you. Thank you. And you'd be tempted to be impatient. But that's the thing you've got to resist. Look at the Amplified on this. I like the Amplified on this. Let the peace from Christ. Christ the Anointed One. Let it do what? Rule. Or as the Amplified brings out. You know. Def- amplifying the meaning of these words in the Greek. Let that peace act as umpire continually. Hallelujah. What does the ump do? (laughs) What does the ump do? He calls it. Are they out? Are they safe? What does the ref do? He calls it. Was it in or out? Whether it's tennis or football. Football. (laughs) That too. The umpire calls it. What should we let act as umpire in our lives? The peace. Hallelujah. Of Christ. The peace of the anointed one. There is no peace like that peace. Is that right? You know what the Lord said? My peace I give you peace I give you. My peace I give you. Not like the world. You can't find this in a bottle or a pill or any amount of possessions or transcendental meditation. You can only find this in the Christ. Hallelujah. And when you need to know what to do. Do I go here? Do I go there? Do I buy it? Do I not buy it? Do I get it? Do I not? Do I do this with them? Or do I not get involved in that? What do I do? Use your head, listen, pay attention, think. God gave you a mind, use it. But don't make your decision based on demographics or price or pressure or anything like that. When it comes time to do it, what am I looking for? Come on, what am I looking for? I'm looking for the Spirit of God's leading, I'm looking for the witness. I'm looking for life and peace. peace. Who's going to call this? Do it or don't do it? Where do you go? Ump? (laughs) What's the call? (laughs) Well, they said this and they said that. That's got nothing to do with it. When the ump calls it, that's it. No more fussing. No more arguing. No more running spreadsheets. No more doing searches on the Internet. When the ump calls it, that's what we're going to do. That's it. What's the ump? Let the peace from Christ rule. Act as your umpire as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. In that peaceful state. To which in one body you're called to live. And be thankful. Giving praise to God always. Hallelujah. How does he lead life in peace? What you going to let call it for you? The peace of God. That passes understanding. I don't know how many times Phyllis and I have done that. We've made decisions. And with your head and other people's head. It looked like that ain't the thing to do. What are you doing? But it was right when you followed to peace. And there's been other things people thought. You're not going to do that. That's obvious you ought to do that. And we didn't have. I don't need a reason not to do something. I don't care how good a deal it is. How great an opportunity is. That's not a leading of the Lord. I need a leading to do it. But in order to get that. You got to wait. Till you get to peace. Stand on your feet, everybody. That's enough for now. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.